Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode may contain content not suitable for some audiences, including crimes against children, mentions of suicide, descriptions of a graphic nature, and adult language at times. Listener discretion is advised. When 31-year-old Gareth Williams began to miss work, his colleagues and family became concerned. Gareth had always been reliable and kept to his routines. But on the 23rd of August 2010, when the police were asked to carry out a welfare check, they entered Gareth's London flat and made a shocking discovery. The police found Gareth dead, zipped up and locked inside a duffel bag. Authorities ruled Gareth Williams's death a tragic accident but conspiracy theories about how Gareth Williams died quickly began to circulate, with some believing that his work as an MI6 spy and double life may offer clues into his mysterious death. Years later, Gareth's death remains unsolved, leading friends and family to wonder, was it suicide? Or was Gareth Williams murdered? And if so, by who? And more importantly, for what reason? Gareth Williams was born on the 26th of September 1978 in Valley, Anglesey, Wales where he grew up with his parents Ian and Ellen Williams and his sister Kerry. Welsh was Gareth's first language, and he attended primary school at Uskal Gunra, Morswen, where it became evident that he was intellectually gifted. 
From an early age, Gareth was a mathematical prodigy. By age 10, he was enrolled in secondary school, usually reserved for children between the ages of 11 and 15. By the time Gareth was 13, he had scored straight A's in his math and computer science courses. Teachers and school officials were determined to keep Gareth's mathematical abilities sharp, and as a way to keep him from getting bored with the current material, they got in touch with Bangor University, who agreed to accept Gareth part-time on a math degree course. By the age of 17, he graduated with a first-class degree. At 18 years old, Gareth began working towards a PhD at the University of Manchester in England. It was during this time that he discovered a passion for online gaming and even based his dissertation on computer games. When officials from the government communications headquarters reached out to Gareth concerning a code-breaking job, Gareth dropped out of his postgraduate course and began employment with GCHQ in 2001. As well as mathematics and video games, Gareth also had an interest in cycling and would often ride his bicycle to work. He would compete in road races and time trials and liked to indulge in other outdoor activities. He loved fashion, good food and shopping. Those who knew him through work, or fellow cyclists, found Gareth to be quiet and introverted. He was a man who was perfectly polite, but preferred to keep himself to himself and divulged very little about his personal life to those around him. And while he was extremely bright and gifted in many academic pursuits, he had a naivety that emphasised his lack of street smarts. By 2010, Gareth had been working at the GCHQ for nearly a decade and was on a three-year secondment to MI6, the UK Foreign Intelligence Service. Gareth was intensely private about his personal life, but even more secretive about his work, and for good reason. It was later reported that he had been working with the NSA in the United States, and his work was primarily focused on Russia. In the weeks leading up to Gareth's chilling death, he had voiced his disdain over office culture and had requested to return to his previous post at GCHQ in Cheltenham, preferring the quieter countryside to the hustle and bustle of London city life. But then, Gareth began to miss work altogether. His family had been trying to contact him to no avail, and his colleagues became increasingly concerned that something was very wrong when they hadn't heard from Gareth for several days. When the police were called to carry out a welfare check, no one could have prepared them for the bizarre and disturbing discovery they would make. 
On the 23rd of August 2010, police attended Gareth's London flat. It was just a few hundred yards from the MI6 headquarters and was used by the Secret Intelligence Service as a safe house. There, they found Gareth's naked and decomposing body in the bathtub of the main bedroom's ensuite bathroom. But the strangest part of the scene was that Gareth's body was inside a red duffel bag that had been padlocked from the outside. Red liquid was seeping from the bag and Gareth's body was contorted in such a way that initially it looked as though his arms and legs had been cut off. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The crime scene was a peculiar and extremely unusual case for investigators who worked quickly to try to piece together the puzzle that was Gareth Williams's death. Gareth's apartment was swept for DNA and fingerprints. While forensic evidence was collected from Gareth's home, the contents of his flat had begun to leak to the press. Some of the items found were high-end women's clothing and wigs, suggesting the MI6 spy was a cross-dresser. His internet history revealed gay pornography and visits to bondage websites in the days and weeks leading up to his death. The media took to the case like a moth to a flame. An MI6 spy was dead, and now the most private details of his personal life were being publicly scrutinized. The details of Gareth's personal life had ignited conspiracy theories that his death was somehow the result of a sex game gone wrong. After his death, a landlord came forward and claimed that three years earlier, she had discovered Gareth shouting for help tied up to his bed 
in what they believed was an attempt at bondage and sexual in nature. While accidental deaths involving auto-asphyxiation and forms of bondage are not completely unheard of, it seemed unlikely that Gareth's death had anything to do with his private life. It was noted that Gareth's home was extremely tidy, with no signs of disturbance. His mobile phone and two SIM cards were laid out on a table, and his laptop was found on the floor, almost as if someone had intentionally placed those items there to be found. Even more unusual was that fragments of DNA from at least two other people were found on the bag, but no identification could be made. There were no signs of Gareth's fingerprints on the padlock to the bag or around the bath, and there were no signs of forced entry or struggle. Gareth's lack of fingerprints on the lock or the bathtub where he was found seemed conclusive enough evidence to the coroner that his death likely held a third-party involvement. The police, however, remained unconvinced and insisted that it was possible for a man to lower himself into a bag inside a bathtub without touching anything. Investigator Peter Folding decided to put the theory that Gareth died by his own hand to the test. He began running staged reconstructions where he would try time and time again to get into the same make and model of bag that Gareth was found in. In total, he would make 300 attempts to lock himself in the bag, but he couldn't do it. In Gareth's case, where there were no fingerprints, footprints or DNA, the theory that Gareth Williams could have done this to himself seemed like an impossibility. It was revealed that Gareth had attended two courses in fashion design for beginners at the prestigious Central St. Martin's College of Art and Design in London during evenings and weekends. This suggested that the women's clothes found on his property may have been an innocent clue into his passion for fashion. People in the Secret Service also confirmed that it was plausible that his undercover work for MI6 involved posing as a woman or a drag queen. Investigator Peter Faldin came to the conclusion that Gareth Williams' death was no accident and it wasn't a case of suicide. He, like Gareth's family, believed that Gareth had been murdered. It seemed as though there was a smear campaign working to discredit the theory that Gareth was murdered. Gareth's family couldn't make sense of why the law would so vehemently deny the possibility that foul play was involved when the evidence seemed to point straight at it. As a spy for MI6, Gareth Williams wasn't just an ordinary man. He was a brilliant codebreaker 
who was an integral part of a spy network responsible for prevented espionage and even terrorism. His work would certainly leave him exposed and vulnerable if the wrong person got wind of his true identity. In 2006, Vladimir Putin enabled a new law to be adopted in Russia. This law formally permits extrajudicial killings abroad of those who Moscow accused of extremism and terrorism. Gareth Williams's suspicious death wouldn't be the first. In the span of a decade, at least 14 people with connections to Russia, including former spies, have died under highly suspicious circumstances on British soil. Newspapers and undisclosed sources have reported that as part of his MI6 work, Gareth was helping the NSA trace international money laundering routes used by Russian gangs. Other than the peculiar state of the crime scene, investigators recalled the room's temperature that day. It was the middle of summer, yet the heating was blasting, making Gareth's home unusually hot. This created speculation that whoever was responsible for Gareth's death had turned on the heating in the apartment to cause the body to rapidly decompose. Police also noted that someone had locked the front door from the outside. The Williams family felt that not only was Gareth's death extremely suspicious, but the way the investigation was being handled was also a cause for concern. Because Gareth was working as a spy for MI6, it didn't make sense why it took so long for someone to report him as missing. At the coroner's inquest in March of 2012, the family lawyer stated that a second person was either present when Gareth died or someone had broken into his home after the fact, though there was no clear forensic evidence to support this. Some of the DNA found at the scene turned out to be contaminated by one of the forensic scientists, an error that only worsened the Williams family's pain and turmoil. The coroner would ultimately reject the idea of suicide or any autoerotic activity being involved in Gareth's death. In 2015, a former KGB agent named Boris Karpishkov came forward with what he claimed was relevant information. He had defected from Russia and was living in Britain when he stated in interviews that sources from Russia claimed that the Russian Foreign Intelligence Service was responsible for Gareth Williams's murder. While information coming from a defector isn't always reliable, as the person could have their own motives and agenda, some believe the claims to be true and that Gareth had allegedly known of the identity of a Russian spy inside the GCHQ, 
and as a way to protect their agent and eliminate the threat, Gareth was murdered. The former KGB agent claimed that Gareth was murdered by an untraceable poison. Gareth's murder at the hands of Russian intelligence would explain the puzzling crime scene and the lack of forensic evidence found by investigators. Gareth's own family are certain that he was murdered, though who was behind it and why remains a mystery. Despite the speculation and theories over the years, over a decade after his death, Gareth's case has remained unsolved. What is clear is that Gareth Williams' tragic death was not only mishandled, but in the frantic haste of trying to solve it, the private details of his personal life became a red herring in the press that only served to ruin the reputation of a man serving his country. At just 31 years old, Gareth Williams had his entire life ahead of him, and those that love him have never given up hope that one day they will get answers, and Gareth will eventually get the justice he so desperately deserves. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of True Crime Britain. For sources and photos relating to today's case, or to find out how you can access things like ad-free and bonus episodes, you can visit www.truecrimebritain.com where you'll find more information. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Great Britain, a kingdom that unites all four nations, England, Ireland, Scotland, and of course, my homeland, Wales. With a population of almost 70 million people, a rich cultural history, more than 1,200 years of constitutional monarchy, and arguably the nicest cup of tea in the world, it's easy to see what makes Britain so great. As the gateway to Europe, it draws more than 40 million visitors a year from across the globe, each one hoping to experience what makes Britain so unique. 
But behind the pomp and the circumstance and the football greats, Britain has seen serious crime increase year after year, with incidents becoming even darker and more sinister. When a Metropolitan Police officer arrested a 33-year-old female for breaching COVID-19 regulations, he wasn't acting in the public's best interest, but as a predator hunting for prey. A 24-year-old man collides with a tree in the Welsh Valleys in the dark of night and is witnessed walking away from the vehicle, alive. After that, he mysteriously vanishes. When an innocent toddler is taken from his mother's side in a shopping mall and the horror of his final moments are revealed. Think serious crime doesn't happen where you are? Think again. True Crime Britain features some of the most disturbing, heartbreaking and mysterious crimes committed in the United Kingdom. Crimes that have shocked and shaped us as a nation and beyond. Crimes where we may not always recall the specifics, but we will always remember the victims. And along the way, you'll learn about Great Britain itself, the towns and boroughs that make up its vast landscape, as we look inside the mind of predators, their prey and their hunting grounds. New episodes are released every Wednesday. You can subscribe now so you never miss an episode by simply searching for True Crime Britain on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Or just visit www.truecrimebritain.com And remember, wherever you are, please stay safe.